2021 book list. At the end of 2020, I made an intentional effort to limit screen time. One of the things I replaced it with was reading. This post is a low-key flex, but it was also a way for me to organize my thoughts around the novels, poetry, and nonfiction works that I read in 2021. In 2022, I am considering doing a post each month of the books I have read for that month. Harry Potter by J.K. Rowling. Fundamentalists called for the burning of these books from the beginning. Two decades later, the hounds of wokeism, the emerging religion of the West, are baying for Rowling to be censored. Yet the story of the boy wizard who drinks butterbeer, flies on a Nimbus 2000, and bears the scar of love, which he accepts not as a wound, but as a weapon to defeat evil, continues to rise in our collective imaginations from the ashes of criticism like Dumbledore's fox. This was my first time reading the entire series. I have now joined the hopeful ranks of those who look forward to reading them to their children one day. Quote, he must have known I'd want to leave you. No, he must have known you would always want to come back. Unreported Truths About COVID-19 and Lockdowns, Parts 1 through 4, by Alex Berenson. The first of these booklets was banned from Amazon until Elon Musk lent his voice to those saying, In a free country, you can disagree with others, but you cannot censor them. These booklets were a helpful resource when very few people were swimming against the main stream. The booklet on vaccines is still a good resource, but the other three are expanded upon and dealt with more thoroughly in Berenson's full-length book, Pandemia, described below. The Cold Millions by Jess Walter. Set in Spokane at the turn of the 20th century, this compelling novel weaves together fact and fiction. I read this with three friends from Gonzaga as part of a virtual book club. That alone made it very enjoyable. The last fifth of the book was a bit flat, but the characters and descriptions of the Pacific Northwest made the read worth it overall. Jess Walter is a talented local writer. I highly recommend his short stories and novel Beautiful Ruins. Miracles by C.S. Lewis. Lewis was an atheist and called himself the most reluctant convert in all of England. He described his embrace of theism as being brought in, kicking, struggling, resentful, and darting my eyes in every direction for a chance of escape. That resonates squarely with my own experience. For years, I read atheists like Richard Dawkins, Christopher Hitchens, and Brian Greene. Here, Lewis provides answers to the questions that believing in the supernatural poses with warmth, wit, and reason. The Day It Snowed Tortillas Folk Tales Told in Spanish and English by Joe Hayes My favorite story from this collection was Pedro and Diablo. I spent a week volunteering in Mexico last summer. This book was a primer of sorts to help with the language barrier, but I really do not have an ear or tongue for languages. Anyone who can speak more than one language is more intelligent than I can ever hope to be. Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. One of the best books for understanding the faith that 2.5 billion people believe. Originally given as a series of radio talks on the BBC during the London Blitz, these writings have the intimate feel of a voice speaking across a great distance while the war rages. 
There is a free audio version of the book on Spotify. Feel free to check it out. Quote, If I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. Pacific Walkers by Nance Van Winkle. Many of these poems contain Spokane County medical examiner notes on unidentified slash unclaimed bodies. It is an unsettling project to ponder the lives of the unacknowledged dead. The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien. This was my fourth time reading this trilogy. I love to start it when the world is in the grips of winter and finish it with the first glimpses of spring. Frodo carries a ring of power from the Shire to the House of Elrond, where a council appoints him ring bearer and assigns eight companions to journey with him to Mordor and destroy the ring. Full of hobbits, wizards, dwarfs, ints, the story takes the reader through Middle Earth from the depths of darkness and despair to the heights of hope and light. Quote, it's a dangerous business, Frodo, going out your door. You step onto the road, and if you don't keep your feet, there's no knowing where you might be swept off to. The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison. Morrison wrote with disturbing clarity. It is a light book that left me feeling heavy. Morrison was a better writer than I can ever hope to be, but she also left me feeling more despondent than I ever hoped to leave a reader. Given to me by a friend, I appreciated the gift and the story. Quote, Love is never any better than the lover. The Death of Common Sense, How Law is Suffocating America by Philip K. Howard. Loaned to me by a family member, this book about the blunting power of bureaucracies was written in the 90s. Howard asserts that recently um, created government agencies accomplish more, citing the New Deal, than established ones that become entrenched because they are more focused on process than product and shift responsibility instead of making decisions. He memorably details how Mother Teresa's sisterhood withdrew plans to build two shelters in New York City after years of negotiating because the building code required elevators, but the nun's order did not allow them. I read this while working for the city of Seattle, and Howard put words to many of the frustrations I had there. Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. A dystopic near future where inhabitants are enslaved by pleasure. Everything and everyone are sexualized. The traditional family is broken apart and words like mother and father are considered perverse. I do not understand why 1984 is consistently referenced, but A Brave New World is not. They both contain warnings that we would be wise to heed. Quote, but I don't want comfort. I want God. I want poetry. I want real danger. I want freedom. I want goodness. I want sin. American Buffalo in Search of a Lost Icon by Stephen Renelia. True story of a lottery hunt for buffalo in the Alaskan wilderness in 2005. Just as interesting are the historical tales he weaves in along the way, such as the Spanish explorer Alvar Nunez Cabeza de Vaca, who was the first European to see a wild buffalo and the first European to perform surgery in the New World by removing an arrowhead and stitching the wound.
Black Diamond, the image on the buffalo head nickel, was sold to New York meat packers for $300 in 1915. Archaeological and primary source evidence reveal the native practice of decimating buffalo herds and leaving them to rot on their enemies' hunting grounds. A computer simulation showing how buffalo jumps worked. And how the first railroad tracks in the U.S. followed buffalo trails. Chaos. Charles Manson, the CIA, and the Secret History of the 60s by Tom O'Neill. 20 years of investigative reporting down the drain. Tom O'Neill unearthed evidence of a cover-up, legal misconduct, and illegal surveillance surrounding the Manson trial. He also revealed memos from Hoover's Pro that attempted to instigate racial violence between the Black Panther Party and other groups such as the Peace and Freedom Party in the 1960s. He went into detail about the CIA's Project Phoenix, where operatives admitted in Senate testimony to massacring Vietnamese civilians and trying to blame it on the Viet Cong. He also linked the CIA's uninformed consent LSD experiments in the Haight-Ashbury district with several murders. Finally, he showed that the same CIA psychologist treated Charles Manson and Jack Ruby, the man who shot the man who shot President Kennedy. O'Neill's punctiliousness was his dandy and demise. Few care, sadly, that the government did very bad things 50 years ago, documented or not. Candide by Voltaire. Surprisingly short, this novella was first published in 19, or 1759 in French. It was promptly banned for its thinly veiled criticisms of the religious and political establishments. That this satirical work is still in print and still being read speaks for itself. Quote, let us tend our garden. Our Man in Havana by Graham Greene. This is the comical tale of a British expat who is a failing vacuum salesman that is recruited by British Secret Service to perform espionage in Havana. Quote, he began to realize what the criminal class knows so well, the impossibility of explaining anything to a man with power. Green is one of my favorite authors. This is the second time I've read this book. It holds up. I went to Cuba in 2016, so it was fun to reread with that perspective. The House on Mango Street by Sandra Cisneros. Beautiful vignettes describing the world from the viewpoint of a young Latina in Chicago. Cisneros was 29 when she penned this. This book was given to me by a Latino friend of mine, which I am grateful for, because otherwise I may not have discovered it. Quote, she had been dying such a long time, we forgot. A Wild Sheep Chase by Haruki Mirakami. Mirakami writes his first drafts in English and then translates them back to Japanese. How cool is that? His mother tongue uh, is Japanese, and he does that to revise them. It is a strategy for decluttering complex concepts. His works have a quality of still but very deep water. They also explore consciousness in a disturbing way. The mystery of a young ad executive in Tokyo trying to find a long-lost friend that sent him a picture of a flock of sheep did not captivate me the same way it did ten years ago. Quote, Most everything you think you know about me is nothing more than memories. The Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis 
This is a series of letters written from an elder demon to his nephew Tempter that is under his tutelage. It is a clever format that allows Lewis to reveal spiritual truths in an unusual way. When I was a teenager, this book blew my socks off. But in my 30s, I still found it enlightening. Quote, It is funny how mortals always picture us putting things into their minds. In reality, our best work is done by keeping things out. When All Hell Breaks Loose, Stuff You Need to Survive When Disaster Strikes by Cody London. Liberty means responsibility. That is why most men dread it. George Bernard Shaw. Packed with practical information and peppered with cartoons and quotes, this is one of the most informative and entertaining survival books. It focuses on mindset, fostering community, and preparation. Did you know that in 2006, the USDA chose to fade out the word hunger from its reporting, even though 12% of Americans could not put food on their tables for at least part of that year, opting instead for the term Low food security? If you had read this book, then you would have. Quote, Among the many misdeeds of British rule in India, history will look upon the act of depriving a whole nation of arms as the blackest. Mahatma Gandhi. Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, translated by Brian Stone. Dev Patel is one of my favorite actors but this had to be one of the worst movies I have ever seen. Fortunately, the ancient Arthurian legend written in the 1300s has survived for 700 years for a reason. It has that timeless quality of Rick in Casablanca choosing what is best for someone he loves instead of what they both want. It is a quality lacking in most love stories today. Quote, Segewin, gay of cheer, whether fate be foul or fair, why falter I or fear? What should man do but dare? 21 Stories by Graham Greene The Destructors is the first piece of Greene's work I ever encountered, and it is one of his best. A chance for Mr. Lever, the blue film, the hint of an explanation, and the second death are all superb. Quote, I've been looking in all the pups for you, she said in her old shrill voice. It was typical of her to say all the pubs when there were only two in the place. She always wanted credit for trouble she hadn't really taken. Tarzan and the Jewels of Opar by Edgar Rice Burroughs In which the King of the Apes suffers betrayal, amnesia, and wounds in the wilds of the Congo to recover the stolen jewels of Opar. This book was written in 1918 and is refreshingly void of modern niceties. It is inscribed with my great-grandfather's name, D. Thomas McCurran, and is one of five books I have from his and my great-grandmother's library. Quote, Poor devil, said the ape-man as he swung back into his saddle. Even in death, he has made restitution. Let his sins lie with his bones. Twelve Rules for Life, An Antidote to Chaos by Jordan B. Peterson. Dr. Peterson makes the case for the value of myth in modern day. He proposes principles to aspire to, such as tell the truth, or at least don't lie. Do not bother children when they are skateboarding, and pet a cat when you encounter one in the street. Herein are tools made of letters to live forthrightly, speak truthfully, and bear the burden of being courageously. 
Quote, Ideologies are substitutes for true knowledge, and ideologues are always dangerous when they come to power, because a simple-minded, I-know-it-all approach is no match for the complexity of existence. We Live in Water by Jess Walter A collection of short stories by a Spokenite, with the title story We Live in Water being the best. Helpless Little Things is also good and has a great opening line, I fucking hate Portland. Cynical Theories How activist scholarship made everything about race, gender, and identity, and why this harms everybody, by Helen Pluckrose and James Lindsay. This book provides a needed reminder that silence is not violence. Violence is violence. In 2020, I attended three Black Lives Matter protests. I was shocked when speakers said things like, we need to tear up the Constitution and start over. Western democracies were the first form of government in the long sword march of human history to abolish slavery. Calls to jettison traditional liberalism with its values of free speech, equality before the law, and consent of the governed are dangerous and made by fools. Doctors Pluckrose and Lindsay explain and dismantle critical race theory, queer theory, fat studies, and other authoritarian orthodoxy that has become the language of woke supremacists. Quote, But this principle is based on a more profound philosophical idea, that no matter how certain you may be that you are in possession of the truth, you have no right to impose your belief on society as a whole. You Come To by Robert Frost Thank God for poetry and wood carvings, both of which grace this book. Stopping by woods on a snowy evening, fire and ice, mending wall, and dust of snow are all in this collection. Dust of snow. The way a crow shook down on me, the dust of snow from a hemlock tree, has given my heart a change of mood and saved some part of a day I had rued. Why We Sleep, Unlocking the Power of Sleep and Dreams by Matthew Walker, Ph.D. Cetaceans do not enter REM sleep. Babies are asleep through much of the pregnancy, even when they kick. It takes your body 1.15 days to process caffeine. And the third leading cause of death in the U.S. until 2020 was medical errors. Giving yourself an ample sleep opportunity each night and waking up at the same time each day are key to gaining the innumerable natural benefits of sleep. This book was loaned to me by my little brother. Quote, Scientists have discovered a revolutionary new treatment that makes you live longer. It enhances your memory and makes you more creative. It makes you more attractive. It keeps you slim and lowers food cravings. It protects you from cancer and dementia. It wards off colds and the flu. It lowers your risk of heart attacks and stroke, not to mention diabetes. You'll even feel happier, less depressed, and less anxious. Are you interested? The Four Agreements, a Toltec wisdom book by Don Miguel Urez. Be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions. Always do your best. We make agreements with ourselves, the world at large, and our own past without even realizing it. This book is about making and breaking those agreements. Words have power, and the words that we speak over our lives can hold us captive or set us free. This book was loaned to me by a friend. Quote, You can have many great ideas in your head, but what makes the difference is the action. Without action upon an idea, there will be no manifestation, no results, and no reward. 
The Hebrew Bible, a translation with commentary. The Five Books of Moses by Robert Alter. I was high and feeling low when I opened this translation of the Bible in 2019, which I bought after hearing about it on NPR and reading about it in the New York Times. The words of ancient wisdom, which I had closed myself off to for nearly a decade, leapt forth with life. Quote, when God began to create, create heaven and earth, and the earth then was welter and waste and darkness over the deep, and God's breath hovering over the waters, God said, let there be light, and there was light. After jumping around in the text, which took Alter 24 years to complete, I decided to read a chapter each morning, sans commentary, finishing the first volume last year. Quote, For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not let you go and will not destroy you and will not forget your father's covenant that he swore to them. For, pray, ask of the first days that were before you, from the day God created a human on the earth, and from one end of the heavens to the other end of the heavens. Has there been the like of this great thing, or has its like been heard? Has a people heard God's voice speaking from the midst of the fire, as you yourself have heard and still lived? A Trucker's Tale, Wit, Wisdom, and True Stories from 60 Years on the Road by Ed Miller. Written in a down-home style that drips with genuineness, this is far from fine literature, but it also doesn't need to be. I wish more old men and women told their American stories in their own words. Quote, he said the dentist had to do quite a bit of work on his teeth, and he'd been given a more than usual amount of lidocaine. He told the doctor that the lidocaine must still have been in his body at the time of the test, and that this was what caused him to test positive, saying, You know, Doc, lidocaine, novocaine, cocaine, they're all in the cane family. <laughs> the Red Convertible, Selected and New Stories by Luis Erdrich. The first time I encountered Erdrich's writing was a podcast recording of her short story, The Leap, which appears here. Her works weave together myth and reality, indigenous lore, and the temporary tedium that makes up our days. She is a member of the Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa Indians and has written 28 books. Other stories I recommend from this anthology include Fuck with Kayla and You Die, The Antelope Wife, Shimingwa, The Butcher's Wife, Beauty Stolen from Another World, and Asta Namaste, Baby. Pandemia. How Coronavirus Hysteria Took Over Our Government, Rights, and Lives by Alex Berenson. If you are reading this or listening to this, congratulations. You survived two years of the COVID. Pandemia demonstrates why Berenson was a crack investigative journalist for the New York Times. His unwavering commitment to facts over fear, combined with his signature irreverence and snark, also make it easy to see why Twitter censored him in the age of corona. This book is well-researched, well-cited, and well-written. It marches through the emergence of COVID and our response to um, it and made me feel sane, just as his previous writings have, alexberenson.substack.com. Unfortunately, it is unlikely to persuade anyone because most of this book is just well-written facts. People make decisions based on emotions, incentives, social pressure, and any other number of complex contributors of which reason is not given special weight. 
That is not to say most people are not clever or intelligent. They are. But rather, it is to say that science is difficult, counterintuitive, and far from the path of least resistance. A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Molly was dead to begin with. There is no doubt whatever about that. So begins one of the best known and least understood tales of our time. A Christmas Carol has little or nothing to do with money and much or everything to do with redemption. Scrooge must reckon with the past, present, and future and allow the spirit of each to strive within him before he can begin the animating task of living. To do so, he must sit and speak with death on a dark winter night, a conversation that few have the courage to undertake. He is not sure he will awake, but when he does, it is to this realization. Yes! And the bedpost was his own. The bed was his own. The room was his own. Best and happiest of all, the time before him was his own to make amends in. As we enter a new year, what a blessed thing that the time before us is still our own to make amends in. Mm -hmm.